Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. Good evening and welcome once again to Prep Sports Weekly here on 1380 KRKO. Monday night, if, if you're not accustomed to this yet, only a few more weeks. Uh, we're normally a Thursday night show that moved to Mondays to accommodate the Everett Aquasox baseball season. My name is Steve Willits and joining me on the other side of the glass, Brandon Hamilton. Prep Sports Weekly is brought to you by Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood. Glass by Lund. By Screen Printing Northwest and by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed. I should have uh, prefaced that by saying the first place Everett Aquasox baseball team. Winners of eight games in a row. Baseball back over at Funco Field. Basketball taking place. Uh, wrestling, swimming. It just it seems like a strange world we're living in right now in mid-May. None of these things have happened in the past for us here, uh, at least in Snohomish County with uh Longer seasons for the baseball, and now with everything being moved around for the pandemic, spring or winter sports in May, but they're up and running. Everything seems to be going fairly smoothly so far. So we're going to catch up and talk a little bit about that tonight, as well as revisit one of our favorite sports, football, as there was a big All-State game that took place over the weekend. Let's go ahead and give you the rundown as to what is coming up on the show tonight. We're going to start things off here in just a minute by talking to uh, a gentleman who is no stranger to our show. He's been here a couple of times now. Chris Erickson, he's the head swimming coach over at Kamiak High School, a Kamiak team that has finished in the top five in the state, I think nine of the past 13 years. So he's doing something right over there, and he's got a couple of the top swimmers, maybe even in the nation right now, two brothers that we've had in studio before. He's got another good team going this year. So we'll talk to Chris Erickson about Kamiak swimming. We're then going to uh, talk a little bit of football for a few minutes. Again, the uh, big football game over the weekend, the cleats versus cancer game. And we've had the uh, the founder of this game on the show before, Derek Sparks. Uh, he's currently a, an assistant football coach at PLU, was a former football player at Washington State University. Uh, it's a game that he started a few years back in order to raise awareness for cancer at a time when his daughter was going through cancer. And fortunately, I think she has since... Uh, rebounded, uh, gone through remission and doing just fine, but uh, this was a game that he started on her behalf, and it's a game that's really kind of picked up over the last few years, and many of our local players here from Snohomish County just taking part in that game over the weekend that was down at French Field in Kent. So we're going to talk to Ryland Spencer here shortly from Cascadia Preps, get Ryland's take on the game, and just in general football, have him give us a little bit of an overview as to maybe what the fall of 2021 looks like. He's the guru of high school football for the state of Washington. So we'll catch up with Ryland Spencer, and then we're going to talk to two young men who played in the football game over the weekend, Jay Nath, who is a linebacker out of Mount Lake Terrace, and Makai Williams, who is a wide receiver out of Snohomish. Find out what their take was on playing in that game and what their uh, their aspirations are. They're both seniors, I think both hoping to play football in the future perhaps, so we'll talk to them. And then finally, later on in the show tonight, we're going to catch up with a boys basketball coach, uh, one that we haven't had on the show yet, uh, Sh Sh Shane Stenson. He's the head basketball coach over at Cascade High School. I guess he's already going into year number three. So we reached out to Shane today, and he was nice enough to uh, agree to come on with us. We'll talk about the Bruins, a Bruins team that started off their season last week with a victory over Meadowdale, a much-needed victory for them. So that's the show tonight. Let's go ahead and get things going right now, shall we? 
Tonight's show, once again, is brought to you by the Law Office of Russell and Hill, the Hometown Handyman, and the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. Chris Erickson joining us right now, the Kamiak swimming coach. And Chris, I guess for starters, I have to ask you, because you're also the girls' coach, we talked a little girls swimming on the show, I guess it was five or six weeks ago now, we had the some folks from Lake Stevens on. A little bit of a different world right now for swimming. It's already starting to come back around, and I would imagine it looks a little more normal. With the girls' season, there were no in-person meets, at least there weren't initially. A lot of uh, meets were being done via uh, they were being done via what I guess virtual meets, and they were calling them ladder meets. And now we're finally getting back to some head-to-head competition. How much different is it right now for you guys? Well, being in phase three is great. Our capacity has gone from thirty-five to uh, over one hundred and sixty in our facility. So, yep, it's uh, quite a bit different. The girls did move into phase three right at the very end. We did end up having two live competitions, but the guys we started off right uh, off the get-go last week with Shorewood. Uh, with about 25 on 25, so that was great. Well, I was going to ask you about that, too, because I know you, you had two in-person competitions. I think you were one of the few schools that did, weren't you? So was it just a matter of staying prepared and being ready to, to jump when the when the opportunity came, or what was that like, trying to make that transition late in a season? Yeah, jump. I was already in the air. <laughs> we, were, we were setting it up, and, and we were going to cancel if it didn't work out. We were just hoping that it would, and it did. Everything fell together. So what does a swim meet look like right now? I mean, I've, I've had a chance to go to football games, uh, seen some of the basketball games via the Internet. In swimming, obviously, you, you can't wear a mask in the pool. Uh, social distancing, are we taking lanes out? Or are there fewer people being allowed to – are parents able to come in and watch? Give us, give us a little bit of an overview as to what it looks like. Yeah, we just started to get uh, our parents back in the deck. They are allowed uh, – via ticket uh, and about one ticket per swimmer and two for seniors to bring their parents on the deck. Actually, they're actually in the bleachers. Our deck limitations are, are low. So the athletes are still being their own timers to keep that deck number down. And they will wear their masks right up behind the block. And then as they prepare for their race, they'll drop their mask and step up on the block and I tell you, you can forget your goggles and swim okay, but if you forget to leave your mask on, that's not going to be very pleasant. I can, has that happened yet? I mean, have you seen anybody jump into the pool and all of a sudden in midair think, oh, no, what did I do? I won't, I won't say that I did that. <laughs> uh, I jumped in with one of my classes with my mask on, uh, with my lifeguard class, and I thought, oh, I got my mask on as I'm in the water. That's not too good. No, you, you know it very quickly in swimming, that's for sure. Absolutely, yes. Well, well so, and in terms of having your own pool, too, I, I've got, got to think that helps because – when you're trying to organize events during a pandemic and there are all these restrictions, some of these schools are sharing public pools and some t- in some cases multiple teams. How much of a, a convenience is that for you this year? Uh, it's not a problem. We've hosted uh, a lot in the past when other uh, pools have been down for uh, retrofitting or just a, like when Linwood Pool went from their tiny little pool to their big complex. They were closed down for a couple of years. Snohomish, when they are in between when they lost Halmo and they got their beautiful facility done, uh, all those schools were without pools for a while, and we ended up hosting a lot. And it's similar now. So the larger pools uh, facilities are able to handle more people uh, on deck and in the pool, and the smaller ones, maybe only five or six can be on deck, and maybe only 25 or 30 can be in the pool. So with those restrictions, uh, they aren't able to do a whole lot. They're back to the virtual unless they are able to travel to a facility that can handle 
uh, more bodies, which we're lucky that we're one of them. And what about numbers this year? Have you seen a, a decline during the pandemic? Yeah, I think we were down, you know, maybe 20, 25% with the girls and, and about the same with the boys. So that's kind of unfortunate. And part of that is just scheduling. Uh, students have you know, already made their plans and they thought maybe it wasn't going to go. And most aren't planning on doing winter sports. And, and like you said, in May. And uh, with a short season, some have decided that it wasn't worth changing their schedule. So, yeah, we've seen a little decline. I'm not sure about other schools, but I know that we have. Actually, I, I, the Everett School District is practicing at Kamiak, and I know both Everett and Cascade are smaller than they normally are. Sure, makes sense. Well, and as far as the – I mentioned it briefly a moment ago, and I know that it was explained to us on the show here last month, but I know you were doing a, a ladder swim, I guess is what it was called, during the uh, – during the pandemic when we were in phase two and which I think every school was responsible for timing their own events and then things would get posted online and at any given time you could go on and look and see how how you stacked up against other West Coast swimmers for various events for each of your events and I guess in a way that was kind of a pseudo district championship or West Coast championships by being able to look at times rather than get together and have district meets and when it was all said and done were were district titles awarded or did I mean, no, I'm, no, no titles were awarded, but we all made claims for sure. Sure. <laughs> and basically, the same thing is going to happen with the boys. We can't all get together, so we're going to run a similar uh, uh, ranking sheet. And I actually just did an email out today to try to do that same thing with the state. So there will be two phases. The first phase will be you can put your uh, swimmers in any event anywhere and rank them, and then uh, sometime after June 6th, then uh, you'll have to make your claim as to what two events your athletes will choose and what relays they will be in, and they will submit, and then we'll post a virtual state. I don't think I'm allowed to say championship, but uh, uh, time ranking. We'll see who's on top. It won't be recognized by the WIAA, but I have a feeling schools will recognize them, and the kids will as well, right? Yeah, and in our situation, as you know, we have uh, – Two incredibly, uh, I, I, I don't I hesitate to say talented, they are very hardworking individuals. And just being able to watch them improve over the years, Vlad and Slava Gilsmer, um, they they are at the All-American level, uh, the collegiate Division One level. And for athletes like that, and we're certainly not the only ones that have top athletes like that, but to have some kind of ranking uh, for Vlad, he was second as a freshman in the 500. He's won the last two years. If you win a third time, it's automatic uh, Hall of Fame, and he's not the only one in that boat. But shoot, it sure is uh, incredibly unfortunate to, for these athletes to miss out like that. So maybe the WIAA will take a look at it, uh, you know, in five years and say, you know, they were deserving of, of a Hall of Fame nod. Or again, uh, we'll try to get the Everett Herald to jump on it like they did for Wesco and. We'll make our claims, and hopefully we'll get a little recognition out of it. We'll definitely. A lot of fun. Well, let's make some claims here and some recognition. We, we talked about Vlad and Slava before. They've been in studio here as sophomores. How special are these two? I mean, again, you, you just mentioned Vlad was on pace to win his third consecutive 500 state champion. I, Slava finished second both times. They've won multiple state titles as uh, relay racers. Uh, tell us a little bit more about these two, and how have they changed since we last saw them two years ago? Well, they actually are a little bit taller. So I, I'm not sure. I'm just looking up, but I, I'm going to guess maybe in the six five range. And that's why it was great to have Max last year as a five nine or 160 pounder because he was nearly as fast. He was right there. Uh, depending on the day, he was as fast. So you can't just look at him and say they're tall and fast. No, 
it's all the hard work that they've done. And it's really been fun to watch them improve. And, of course, uh, you're going to improve with size and strength, but their technique has improved, their distance per stroke, uh, and their walls, their streamlining uh, has really been impressive. It's been really fun to watch how they've improved over the last four years, especially the last two. And I understand they've, uh, they've both made decisions on colleges since we last saw them. Yeah, they're going to opposite quarters. Uh, that that surprised United me a little bit. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so I was chosen uh, to go down to San Diego and Vlad's over at Cornell, I'm pretty sure, on the other corner. And I like to go and make a little trip and watch these guys, especially should I retire in the next, before they graduate as seniors, I don't know when. Uh, from college, uh, you know, Slava shooting down to San Diego, that'd be a pretty easy trip. But going back east, it'll be a little more challenging. But uh, if they're still swimming in college, which I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure hope they will be. Uh, they should love it and keep going for uh, four years of college and beyond. But I want to get over and watch them swim uh, in college, too. Well, certainly, yeah, it would, be a, it would be a shame if they weren't swimming in college. There's two of the top swimmers in the nation, I mean, in the, yeah. at least in the conversation anyway. What, was, uh, what went into their decisions, do you know, in terms of – I mean, was there ever talk about maybe staying together and going to school? I would imagine maybe in the case of Slava, maybe it's nice to kind of get out of his brother's shadow a little bit and and maybe vice yeah. versa for Vlad. But was that a conversation piece? It was, and I didn't really talk to him a lot about it. But the first thing was, you know, they, they were not opposed to, to going to the same place, but they're their own individual. And and when they got down to it, that's, uh, that's where they decided to go. And I, on one hand, I kind of thought they – might go the same direction, and I was I was actually a little surprised that they went different directions, but you know, not shocked at all. Sure, got to live their own lives too, right? So I'm sure they'll. I, I have a feeling they'll be talking on a regular basis. I would think so. Yes. Well, it's not just the Gilsmer brothers who you have on your swim team this year. So tell us a little bit about who else we we would be watching if we were able to go to a, a district meet or a state meet this year. Who else is swimming for you? Uh, we've got Junior Oliver Holo is looking very good. Uh, Quite a few different events he could be swimming in. And Ryan Fang uh, is one of our sprinters. Ryan Quinn is one of our divers that would be at the top of the district meets and, and also moving on to state. And you got and some – oh, go ahead, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know you've got you've got a couple dive meets that you're hosting this year as well, right? I was looking at the schedule earlier. That's something that just kind of came up with our limitations. We could easily host the numbers for a dive meet even in, in uh, phase two. And Snohomish, which we would normally try to go to, they had already had uh, scheduling set. And for us, it was easy to just say, hey, we'll, we'll handle it. Send them here. So we did all three girls' meets, and we'll do all three of the boys' meets. It's been Yeah, it's been great. I'm glad you guys are able to do that. Again, not, not a lot of uh, op- opportunities here with schools having pools, for that matter, and being that there are some limitations, so the fact that you're able to open your doors and to accommodate some of these other schools, I've got to think that, I mean, as a coach, you're, that's kind of what it's all about anyway. It's about the kids and about the competition. I'm sure that you are more than happy to accommodate, I would I would think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was, we're very uh, honored to be able to uh, help out some of the specific school districts like Everett as well as the entire Wesco for the diabetes. Outstanding. Well, again, Chris Erickson, the head coach for Kamiak Boys, and we should point out, I think your next uh, meet is against Jackson this week, correct? On Wednesday, that's right. And that's always a fun one. That's always a good rivalry. Oh, absolutely. Yep. It's going to be another uh, challenging meet for sure. They are, they're, uh, I, uh, again, we don't know if any of their swimmers have had conflicts and not been able to turn out for this year, but they look very strong on paper if I'm looking at last year. <laughs> 
Well, certainly we hope so. Again, Chris Erickson, the head boys swimming coach and girls swimming coach, for that matter, at Kamiak High School. Congratulations on everything you've been able to accomplish there thus far, and uh, best wishes this season. Thank you, and thanks for having me on. Thank you. Well, there we go. So Chris Erickson, the head boys and girls swimming coach at Kamiak. We're going to go from the swimming pool to the football field coming up next. We're going to talk to our pal Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps right here on Prep Sports Weekly. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanford. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. Justice is easy if you know what to do. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-0842. We're all tired of this pandemic and ready to move Snohomish County forward. We want things to get back to normal so we can go shopping, meet friends for dinner, not worry about kids in school, enjoy sports, have birthday parties, and hug our loved ones. We'll get there, but it takes all of us. Take your shot. Find a vaccine location near you. Go to the web at snowhd.org slash COVID vaccine. And welcome back once again to Prep Sports Weekly here on a Monday night. Didn't think we'd be talking football again this season, but we're always looking for an excuse. And when Cleats versus Cancer came along and I looked and I saw that my good pal Ryland Spencer was going to be doing a little broadcasting, and then I realized and, of course, remembered that Wesco players are always welcome at that game. Figured we had a viable excuse to do a little bit of football talk here tonight. And joining us right now from Cascadia Preps, the one and only, the guru of high school football in Washington State, Ryland Spencer himself. Ryland, uh, we're not we're not too distracted tonight with hockey, are we? I know you're a big NHL fan. Uh, give us an update. What are you watching right now? 
Uh, Boston and Washington are headed to overtime here. Just ended regulation, so we got about 18 minutes, guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, and at least you don't have a rooting interest in that game, right? <laughs> wink, wink. No, not at all. Yeah. Not, a, not, not at all. No, not a Bruins fan or anything over here. No, not the world's biggest Bruins, or at least the biggest Bruins fan in the Pacific Northwest. We hope to change that next year, but that's another story. Well, and I've got to say to you also, uh, I, I reached out to you earlier today, and you told me you were watching film in the dark. You just you just can't get away from the sport, can you? Well, what were you reviewing? No. What were you reviewing when I reached out to you earlier in May? Oh, I do. I so I go through all of the teams, and what I like to do is I like to grade positions on what I think is coming back next year, and that helps me put together my spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet is basically what turns into my top ten team rankings uh, for next fall. So there were some uh, some guys that I have on the list. I needed to go through, and uh, yeah, I've I've gone through pretty much all of 4A, 3A, and most of 2A at this point. Well, you know, that was going to be further down on my list of questions, but since we're on the topic, uh, how, how does the fall of 2021 look? Do you want to give us a few early uh, early assessments? I mean, we won't hold you to anything at this point. I know you've got a little time to work on it, but, uh, you know, we, we really didn't get a playoffs this year. I mean, obviously, I guess Metro had their own playoff down the stretch or a championship game, but the rest of us pretty much just played out the slate of games the few games that there were on there and then called it a week or called it a season. What does the fall look like right now? I think this year is actually going to be very competitive. Um, there's no teams right now in 3A or 4A on my, um, on my early, early rankings. One of the things with my rankings, I also wait until I go through spring ball. I would like to see what, you know, if, if we get an opportunity to see some spring ball this year, a lot of it's going to be eye test as well. I do, I do put a lot of eye test into it, but I also do trust my spreadsheet. So um, I think it's going to be very competitive, though. There's a couple of teams that stand out in 4A, especially um, Bothell, I think, is going to be very good. Again, they return their entire offensive line. The team to look for next year in 4A is going to be Graham Kapowson. They return basically everybody. And you could have made an argument that uh, they were probably the favorite to win the 4A state championship this year. Um, and then, you know, you go and <laughs> you return everybody. So uh, they look like they could be very good next year. I think Puyallup is going to be very good. Uh, Union and uh, Camus should be very good again. So uh, kind of the, the names that you expect in 4A and 3A, a lot of the similar things. Eastside and O'Day, I, I expect Eastside, to, to, Eastside Catholic to go down a little bit over the next couple of years, but they're still going to be very good. And the team up north, and it's a little further up north that people are going to want to pay attention to next year and the next couple of years. Oh, I have a feeling I know where you're going. Oh, really? Okay. That, I yeah. thought you were going to go to Squalicum at Ferndale. Okay. I do think Squalicum is going to be very good as well. They return quite a bit next year, but they do lose their starting quarterback, which is going to be very tough to replace. Um, Ferndale, on the other hand, though, they return I mean, they return a lot of talent. They return Isaiah Carlson, who has Division One offers, Landon Hatchett, we know his brother Garen is at uh, the University of Washington. And those two young men and another one, um, Jake Mason, is an offensive lineman, defensive lineman. They're only sophomores this year, so they still got two more years left. And then Jason Guillory is another uh, highly talented athlete. They also have Thomas Brosell, who will be back next year. They return probably more talent than any team in the state, regardless of classification, other than Graham Kapowski. I feel like the name Brussel I've been hearing for like a decade up there now. Are there are there yes. a big it's family like or what? Three in a row. <laughs> okay, I figured <laughs> as much. It was it was Thomas uh, is Thomas now, and then 
Um, you know, it's funny. I was afraid I was going to mess up his name in doing the podcast that I do with Tyler Anderson. I didn't mess it up all year, and now I can't remember the other two brothers' names. So I guess I just moved on. Wasn't there? Wasn't there a Ben? Ben Brosell was one. There yes, we go. Correct. Look, look then, at me pulling out the name from up Jake, north. Jake Jake Brosell, I believe. Jacob Brosell was the other one. There we go. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, football from this past weekend. Uh, nice to have football in May every once in a while, and you got yourself a game there, the uh, the Cleats versus Cancer game. And re- remind us about this game. I, I we, we talked about it during the opening earlier. I know Derek Sparks started this game initially in honor of his daughter, who at the time was battling cancer, and I hear she's doing much better now. So that's great news. Uh, not maybe not necessarily the origins of the game, but in terms of what this game is, and I know we we had the all state game that used to take place. As a matter of fact, for years it was right down the street here at Everett Memorial, and that really brought together the the top, the cream of the crop seniors from the the state. But this game does a pretty nice job of pulling in quite a few players as well, doesn't it? Yeah, this game is um, it's maybe a little different. There's not as much. I would say Eastern Washington representation as the um, Coaches Association All-Star Game, um, or all, excuse me, All-State Game that used to go on. But a lot of these young men are going to go on and play college football, and the ones that have yet to figure out if they're going to, this is a great opportunity for them to try to try to put together some film. And, and you know, they went through three practices. Um, it was Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then they played the game. So typically in these types of games, you don't end up with a lot of offense. Because, you know, when you're talking about these games, defense, it's about playing some simple coverages and really just flying around to the ball. On offense, you got to have a lot of chemistry. And I'll tell you what, the offense got the better of the day over the weekend. You had uh, Caleb Christensen, the quarterback out of Royal, had a really nice day. He had a connection with uh, Caleb Woodcock out of West Valley High School in Yakima. And those two guys hooked up a couple of times for touchdowns. And then uh, and, and they got out kind of early. It was 14 nothing the South. And then the North came back and made it 14-14. South got a touchdown just before halftime to make it 21-14 at the half. The final score, the South beat the North uh, 35-28. And there was even a, there was a safety late in the game. It was pretty crazy. There was all kinds of good stuff. And, you know, there's some good, I think, some good performances uh, out of the West Coast area. Carson Christman out of Lakewood, I thought, had a pretty nice day. Uh, he had a couple of catches. The young man that really stood out to me, though, was uh, Kevin Pratt out of Edmonds Woodway. This young man, I'm watching him at practice, and they're just going through a walkthrough. And he's, he's going 150 miles an hour. Was, they almost had to tell him to slow down <laughs> at times, it seemed like. And, you know, one of the things we did with our broadcast is to make sure we could really present these young men as we wanted to give them all an opportunity to, you know, put some things down on paper, and we would read them on the air. And so one of the things we put out there was, you know, what are you going to miss about high school football? And... Um, I thought it was hilarious because Kevin Pratt, all he said was hitting. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He didn't say playing with my boys. He didn't say the Friday night light. He just said hitting. And then what happens in the game, he absolutely blows up a receiver over the middle. And I turned to the color commentator, Micah Chen, at the time, and I I said, Micah, why don't you go ahead and read what he said about what he's going to miss about high school football? And he just said hitting. And there it was right in front of us. So it was a great day out there at French Field. And, you know, raised money for a, a great cause. And, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. At halftime, um, Sam Heward, the state's all-time leading passer, was presented with the Gatorade State Player of the Year. Um, and he announced, or they announced there that, um, you know, the the um, donation that goes in his name from Gatorade is going to go to not only Cleats versus Cancer, but 
It was, some of it's also going to go to Brandon Huffman's charity, uh, the Avery Huffman DIPG uh, Foundation. So all in all, uh, a great day of not only high school football, but, you know, doing stuff for a great cause. Absolutely. Win-win all around. Is this a game that players are still using to showcase their talents for colleges? I mean, it, we're we're in mid-May right now, and matter of fact, I know we've got two of the kids that were in that game that are going to be joining us in the next segment. I think one of them is already committed to a college, one has not. Are colleges actually using this game to come out? And do colleges still have slots at this point? I know it's such a strange year with COVID and everything else, but what what is that landscape looking like right now as opposed to maybe years past? So Division One and Division Two probably not. Those those places are pretty much full at this point. Um, actually, I would say like pretty much all Division Ones are, and if they're going to pick up anybody, it's probably going to be out of the transfer portal. Division Three and NAIA from this game alone. Um, I've seen probably five or six kids pick up NAIA offers, uh, mostly coming from uh, Ottawa University out of Arizona, who actually had a coach up at practices, uh, and he was also at the game. So, you know, the Division Two, or excuse me, the Division Threes and the NAIAs—they're still signing a lot of kids. And they, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think the Division Three—I could be wrong here—I don't think any of them have even announced their recruiting classes yet. So they still have a ways to go, but. Um, you know, typically this game happens after Christmas. When it happens after, just after Christmas in that week, you know, between Christmas and New Year's, yeah, colleges are all over it. So this year, maybe a little different, but uh, yeah, there's still some kids out there that are from this game are absolutely going to find a home. Well, great. Yeah, and as you, you mentioned, that the game is normally after Christmas, but then again, I guess the season's not normally taking place in yeah. March and April. So yeah, great that they were able to showcase this a little bit. So I guess for you, what are, what are the summer plans? What are you, uh, you looking to get out? And Are we going to see as many camps this year? Are they going to start to trickle back and return a little bit? What's what's the general thought right now as we go into summer? Well, a lot of the colleges are having the individual camps. So they're going to have position camps and things like that. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing during that time because I typically don't go to, put to like positional camps. Um, Steve Jervis hosts a big team camp, and usually it's at Evergreen College this year. It's going to be at Starfire Sports Complex, so there's going to be teams coming in daily um, playing games against each other. So I'll probably try to get down to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little tougher than it normally is. Usually I'd spend a couple of weeks out at Eastern Washington University and get to see, you know, probably 50 or 60 teams competing over, you know, a two-week period. and. Um, so a little different for me, but uh, I think maybe what I'll just do is try to get a little more rest and go absolutely nuts in the fall and you know go back to you know 65 games or something. We'd love to see that. Hey, and before I let you go too, we we mentioned it already. We have two other guests coming on next after a commercial break. Two uh, gentlemen who played in that game on on I guess it was Saturday, correct? Uh, I'm gonna put uh, yes. I'm gonna put you on the spot here really quick. Uh, give me a line or two about each of these guys. First of all, Jay Nath from Mentally Terrace. Go Hawks, by the way. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that was a young man I didn't know a whole lot about going into the game, and I was really, really impressed. Uh, good length, really flies to the ball, and I, I don't know what his college plans are for the next year, but if he doesn't have them and he wants to play college football, I guarantee you somebody would love to have him on their team. Excellent. And then finally, uh, Makai Williams from Snohomish, wide receiver. Yeah, Makai Williams, another young man that didn't know a ton about coming into the game, but there was two or three times where – the, uh, the North needed a big play to you know pick up a first down, and Makai Williams was right there. He was another young man that – this is what's so beautiful about that game is there's a lot of names on here I know. And every now and then there's a couple of names here where you're like, I know the name, but I just haven't seen much on this young man. 
And I think that both the two guys you're going to talk to today are two guys that really step up and made a little bit of a name for themselves over the weekend. And you know the great thing I like about it, too, both of them, I, I don't have a lot of intel on either one of them, but the one thing I do know, high GPAs from both of them, so that's always a plus. Beautiful. Well, hey, I'm going to let you go back and watch the Bruins and was it the Capitals, is that right? Yes. Bruins and Capitals, overtime coming up, and uh, I won't promote that too much. We want people to listen to the show, but uh, you have a great time this evening. As always, Ryland, thank you very much for not only the conversation, but all that you're doing. I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot more either in the summer uh, or leading up to the, the fall and in the fall because I'm ready for a full season of football. I think you are too. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Call me anytime. Go uh, Bruins. There we go. Thanks a lot. Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps getting ready to watch his beloved Boston Bruins in overtime against the Washington Capitals. Us, on the other hand, we're going to continue with the show. As we just mentioned, Jay Nath and Makai Williams, two young men who played West Coast football this year, two gentlemen who played in the Cleats versus Cancer football game over the weekend, coming up next on Prep Sports Weekly. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanford. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? 
Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. And welcome back once again to Prep Sports Weekly here on 1380 KRKO. We promised two segments of football. We're going to hold that promise right here. Segment number two coming up right now as we are joined by two different young men who play football. Wesco locally here. Two guys who played in the Cleats versus Cancer All-Star game over the weekend. Jay Nath, who is a linebacker out of Mount Lake Terrace, and Makai Williams, who is a wide receiver out of Snohomish. And they're on here with us right now. Jay, first of all, congratulations on a great season for you. Uh, you got an All-Wesco nomination. Only a five-game schedule, and then you get named to this All-Star game. I've got to think, under the circumstances, this game meant more to you than, than maybe what it meant to other players in years past, knowing that your, uh, your graduating class kind of got shorted this year. Well, most definitely. I mean, it was a great chance to just go out and play one more game. I mean... Definitely feel like we got shorted a bit with only playing five games during the season. So going to get play, going to go be able to play one more game was a big opportunity, and it was really good to hear. Yeah, and and Mackay, for you also, I've got to think the same thing. Obviously, you're at a Snohomish program. You guys are always trying to get into playoffs and and get some postseason action, and didn't even have that opportunity this year. Uh, what was it like for you to get uh, be told that you were a part of this game? And do you remember the reaction you had? Was it a phone call? Was it an email? How did you find out? I actually got a Twitter message from Coach Sparks himself. He just he texted me. He was like, hey, I would like to nominate you to be part of this game because I think you can compete in it. And that was honestly an absolute blessing hearing it from him, especially someone who's decorated as him. It's absolute blessing. And I was just excited to go get another moment to go back out there and do what I absolutely love to do, especially before college, to kind of get a look at and a better feel for what it's actually going to be like to – play at the next level sure jay did you have the same experience i mean is that how you did did sparks uh did, did coach sparks text or tweet everybody and do it in the same fashion or was it different for everyone i mean it was a little bit different for me um i actually right after our final linwood game which was a big roller coaster i got home that night and then my coach called me and he said that coach sparks actually called him i think they know each other pretty well and then i know that he'd like to have me come out and play in the game and then the next day i saw the twitter thing as well um which he Shouted out some of some of us too who be playing the game. Well, and Makai, for you, you're a wide receiver, and we we just had I don't know if the two of you had a chance to listen to it. We just had Ryland Spencer on a few moments ago, and he mentioned that in in more, more cases than not, these All Star games, a lot of times the defense has the advantage because you just go out there and you you tackle, you hit, and and you kind of do your thing. Whereas football, a lot of it's timing, especially for wide receivers and quarterbacks and whatnot. What was that transition like for you this week? I mean, you had three practices to get ready. What what were the practices like, and how did it feel going out there during the game? It was honestly, the practices, I, in my opinion, they went really well. The team chemistry overall, everyone was getting along. But not only that, everyone was competing. It kind of wasn't like, oh, I need to start. I need to play more than you. It was, hey, let's all get this together. Let's all be better. Let's all grow together because – we're going to need each other for this game, and we're going to really need to put it all out there. In order to do that, we got to have the chemistry built. 
regardless of how much time we have left. Jay, did you feel the same way on the defensive side of things? Was there a uh, was there an instant chemistry between you and some of the guys? Definitely, and definitely everyone had the same experience where like we just wanted to share snaps and just get better all together. <clears throat> I'd also say that the coaches kept it really simple too, knowing that there's just a lot of talent out on the field, so they can just keep it really simple and just let us go execute what we need to do that weekend. I want to ask you both a question here because I, I do know both of your coaches, your high school coaches, Coach Hammer and Coach Umayam, uh, have a lot of respect for both of them. Uh, Mikhail, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about how maybe a, a coach like a Joey Hammer and maybe some of the assistants as well have gotten you prepared to where you are right now in, in terms of getting ready for the next level of football. They push me harder than anyone I think has ever pushed me in my life, to be honest, because if I walk it all, it doesn't matter if I drop a ball. If anything does not go exactly how they expect me to execute on whatever it is, it's a play, it's a route, it's a practice, they are on me harder than ever. And they're also, and it's just continuous. They continue to be harder and harder on me just so I get the understanding that it's, it's not a game. Like if I want to make this something I want to do in life, I got to be able to and willing to put everything I can into it to get the most out of it. And I, they kind of blessed me with that kind of mindset and just how they've all worked with me on that. And really just more mentally, physically, I mean, yeah, physically running and conditioning and stuff makes me ready, but they've really trained me mentally for the next level. Well, and if I remember correctly, and you'll have to help me out here a little bit, I don't remember if it was last season or the season before, we were covering one of your games, and I think you got injured after a, a long reception or a kickoff return. I can't remember now. F fill, fill in the blanks for me there a little bit, but how, how, how was going through that injury, maybe from a mental standpoint, able to kind of get you prepared and maybe helped you to kind of grow a little bit as a person? Uh, so that injury, is, it, it hurt. I mean, not physically, but just mentally, knowing that I can't go out there and contribute to the team and knowing regardless of what I do, you know, I'm hurt, I can't do anything. So it, it kind of, I guess you could say, messed with me a little bit mentally. But it, like you said, it really did help me grow, though, because I realized that it's not all about playing on the field. It's not always about being on the field, making plays. It's, it's just as much as that as it is off the field. And being at practices and just talking to teammates, helping them out with different things that they need help with, and any question that the coaches can't directly ask or answer at that exact minute. So it really taught me that it's a, the game more than just snaps. It's all, it's all about everything else, the communication between everything, the chemistry between everything, and just understanding that we're all here for each other regardless if we're on, and off, on or off the field. Definitely. And, Jay, same question for you from a moment ago. Tell me a little bit about Coach Umayam and the staff and how they've helped you over the last couple of years. Yeah, so, I mean, Coach Umayan was endlessly just had my back throughout my whole career at Terrace. And it was a little bit interesting because he came in as a junior when I was already coming off a pretty good season. We lost a lot of seniors that year. And I think we kind of both really leaned on each other in, like, taking leadership of that team. And that really helped me grow to come into moments like this and have the confidence to take leadership of, like, all the players that are super skilled as well. So all together, like, when he came in and when I was a junior and he was already had a really decorated career at Maui Terrace, but he came back to coach once again and then I think he kind of kind of found a relationship between the two of us so we kind of lean on each other a little bit to help our team grow and he kind of communicated through me to push the rest of my teammates and that made me a better player and a better leader by myself as well. Well and I texted with coach earlier today and he did mention to me that you know you played a little bit I don't know if I'd say you played out of position but maybe 
you weren't set up in a position to where you normally would have maybe catered to your strengths, if you will. He he referred to you as one of the five best pass rushers that that school's seen in the last 20 years, and he's been around for most of them. Obviously, he took a little hiatus for a few years, as you mentioned, but was there for the what the previous 12 or 13 years before that. Uh, just being able to step into a role and do what a team needs you to do rather than play to maybe something that is your best spot. Talk a little bit about that in terms of what it means to you to be a team player and, and to be a part of a – a big, a bigger picture, if you will, rather than being it, making it about yourself as an individual. Definitely, yeah. So I started off as a defensive end, and definitely a linebacker would come down as just a mainly a pass rusher. And then as a senior, we, we needed me to have some depth, playing out in the pass field a little bit, and being able to drop back into coverages. And I learned a lot, definitely from that. It also made me a lot more versatile to go play in college and go play in a game like this, because this weekend it was a lot of either deep passes or outside runs, and there wasn't a lot of stuff going on inside. So it really prepare me for that but um yeah being able to just change my position and just help the team um I think it made them know that I had their back too that I was willing to go the lengths to make sure that we were successful um so I think yeah and he made the coaches trust me as well that they knew that I was a team player not someone just going out there to look for his own film and do where I where I'd be more successful at but being able to go and help my team in the essence and just contribute anywhere I can basically sure and I'm looking here at some of the college stuff and now Makai you just you just committed a few weeks ago, is that correct? Yes, it is. So let's let's hear it. Where are you going? I'm going to Linfield University. Not a bad football program. <laughs> a lot yeah, not. a winning what is some sixty something consecutive years of above five hundred football? I believe sixty four consecutive wins so far. And uh they have four national championships at the division three level. So sixty four seasons. They have not had a losing season in sixty four years. Well it's I still have to ask the question, even though I think you answered it almost with that. And I know you're not the only one we've had on the show this year that's going to Linfield. We had Gavin Delziel here uh, not too long ago from Shorecrest, who I'm sure you've probably gotten a chance to meet at some point. Um, tell us why Linfield. So I had a couple other opportunities, but I went down and toured Linfield a little, a couple, uh, I would say about a month ago, and I got to talk to all the coaches. I, got, I actually went over a little bit of film there, too. And it kind of it stood out to me the difference between I, w I don't want, like I'm not talking down on any other colleges because of course it's college and you got to take what you can take but there's just the connection between Linfield and that I had with them and how they were just talking to me was ex extraordinary and I just felt different I felt already accepted I felt wanted. Like someone where I could actually make a difference, not only just on the field, but I can make a difference with just my personality and who I am. And I really connected with them through that level. And I think it goes without saying, I haven't said this yet during the interview, but if anybody who's listening right now I think can pick up on it quickly. We've got two very smart young men here as well. You're both, both of you have outstanding GPAs. Uh, I've, I've got to think the academics played a, a huge role in that. Yeah, they did. They did. Sorry about that. Uh, they were. They just kind of talked to me. They were like, you can not only just perform on the field, but academically you carry yourself and you have respect for yourself knowing that you want to do something in life. And especially just with the programs that I have to take in order to get that place, I respect myself enough to actually put myself through the work and just grind it out and do what it takes to go exactly where I want to be. And Jay, for you, what now? I've, if I heard this correctly, and I, I'm getting information from the coach, uh, you're still kind of undecided. Are you looking at a few places? Yeah, still kind of undecided. And I also talked with a couple schools. 
also in talks with one of my good friends, Jesse James, who I'm guessing you know pretty well, who just walked on at UW. And right now that's kind of my train of thought. I'm right now attending the University of Washington, doing engineering there, and hopefully going to be working out after a year and maybe trying to walk on there or walk out of another program. Just looking to put on some weight and just get better over the next year and then kind of see where that takes me. And, and no, I do have to ask you this too because I'm looking through. I, I Googled your name earlier, and you were the October student of the month. This is a, this is some pretty impressive stuff here on your resume. Uh, well, first of all, you work at Stalker Farms in Snohomish. Is that correct? I did uh, for a brief a brief stunt up in the October fall time. I worked at Stalker Farms. Very now I'm cool. At a- Different job, but yeah, that was pretty fun to do as well, actually. So, yeah, we've had some yeah. of the. Well, we've had uh, Van, Van Ashy, the soccer coach from Snohomish, who Mackay might even know the family a little bit, who's originally a stalker and uh, didn't know that family in terms of what they've been able to do up there. And it also says you've uh, you've put in over 300 volunteer hours uh, through the vice president of the Indian Association of Western Washington. So it sounds like you're very active in your community, also. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That was a big, a big part of my life too, being able to give back and just serve as much as possible. I mean, I enjoyed all my time serving the community, and I think it's just important to give back always. Excellent. And Makai, what about you? What are you doing when you're not playing football? Me currently, I have a job right now. I do yard work down in Marysville, and I'm just trying to work, get myself a little bit of money because I got a senior trip coming up that I've been wanting to do my entire life because I absolutely love California. And I'm just trying to save up money for that. And not only that, I got a couple volunteer hour things that I'm trying to set up, try to give back a little bit more than what I already have. And especially with more free time, since I don't got as much sports going on right now, it really gives me a lot more time to give back and actually help a lot more people and try to help some foundations. Well, certainly. Well, we yeah, we appreciate both of you. Not only are you doing – outstanding things on the football field, but certainly serving your community and getting it done in the classroom, uh, very important. So again, I couldn't be happier to talk to the two of you tonight. This worked out really well. So Jay Nath from Mount Lake Terrace, we wish you all the best. Uh, sounds like the, the UW might be a possibility wherever you are in wherever you end up at. Uh, like I said, the sky's the limit for you as well as you, Makai. I think you're going to have a great time down at Linfield. And uh, again, you guys both getting it done on the field and off. And thank you very much for your time tonight. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for this opportunity just to give us a chance to talk to you. It's been really great. Hey, happy to do it and happy to see the two young men who are representing Snohomish County very well. So, again, Jay Nath and Makai Williams talking a little football with us tonight. We're going to take a quick break right now, and when we come back, we're going to have a basketball segment. We're going to talk to the head basketball coach over at Cascade High School for the Bruins boys team, Shane Stenson, coming up next on Prep Sports Weekly. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-LAW-0842. Help is on the way. When you shared your ugly backyards at KRKO.com, we knew we had to help. So how about a $10,000 backyard makeover? Turn that eyesore into a fun place to be. Enter right now at KRKO.com on the contest page. One lucky winner will receive a $10,000 backyard makeover thanks to our friends at Junk on Junk Off, Outdoor Lighting Perspectives, Smoky Point Concrete, and Everett's Greatest Hits, KRKO. 
At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Class by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. If you're looking for a place that anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! And welcome back for the final segment of tonight's Prep Sports Weekly. As promised, we're going to talk a little basketball right now, and we're not going to go too far away to do that. We're going to go over to Cascade High School tonight to talk to the, I almost want to say he's the new head coach of the Bruins because it's the first time that he's appeared on our show, although it's his third season already. I guess time goes kind of quickly here. Shane Stennison joins us right now. Coach Stennison, thank you very much for your time tonight. Uh, first of all, welcome to Prep Sports Weekly. I've finally got you on here and uh, been meaning to for the last couple of years and it just didn't quite work out and get to have you on after you start off your season with a victory last week over Meadowdale too. I, I've got to think it felt kind of good for those guys and for your your team and your coaches to uh, start the season off on the right note. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And actually before we go on, I'd like to, if I could, I know you guys did a show a few weeks back upon Robert Polk. And if I could, I'd just like to put my uh, two, two cents in on what a what a gentleman he was. He was the one that hired me when I got to Cascade. My thoughts are still with his family, um, with that tragedy. And I just he's just such he will be missed. What a what a tremendous community member we had uh, and a big loss for for our and for Everett and for everybody that knew him. No, I'm certainly uh, happy to have you uh, take that moment to do that, and I think we're we're going to be talking about Robert Polk on this show and around this community for quite some time. He left uh, quite quite a legacy behind, and it did some f- phenomenal things here. And like you said, he brought you on board. I think we all have a, a Robert Polk story along the line there, so I'm glad you did that. And uh, and speaking of which, brought you on to coach a Cascade basketball team, and you already had a head coaching job prior to this. Give us a little bit of background. Tell us where you were before and what it was about this particular position that drew you up to Cascade. Yeah, sure. Actually, you know, along with uh, coaching, I'm actually the high school math teacher at Cascade as well. And so I was working at high school. Um, and actually, prior to that, I was at a middle school in Federal Way, and I. Oh, coach, coach, we're losing, we're losing you there for a moment. I don't know if oh. you can get in a better spot there for your phone, but. Sorry, let me try to adjust sure. it a little bit. Hopefully that's a little bit better. There we go. I think we can hear you better now. 
Yeah, I started actually down in Federal Way. Uh, I was coaching at the middle school down there, and I kind of locked up with um, uh, Decatur High School and kind of got into coaching a little bit that way. And then eventually I got a job at Highline High School um, down in Burien and was the head coach there for seven years. Um, while I was coaching down there, I actually was living in Montlake Terrace, so I had a pretty good commute down south every day. And so I knew I wanted to eventually transfer uh, kind of up north and so I just kind of drew a circle around my house, and, and this job came about at Cascade along with a teaching job, and it just kind of worked out. And talk a little bit about the, the transition there. I know, obviously, it's been a rough couple of years. You haven't won as many games as I'm sure you would have liked to. And to be honest, I mean, the, the cupboard wasn't exactly full when you got there. I know that they had had a really nice run there for a couple of years, but they graduated quite a few players that uh, really played uh, – played a huge role in, in some of the successes they were having. What's it been like for you to try to get these guys to stay on the on the path and to to see improvement and to get them to where they need to be at the next level and to really to keep them positive enough to where they want to continue to play? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, it's very similar to when I took the job down at Highline. I mean, we just had a varsity team, barely enough to run a JV team. All right, eventually over time, got the interest level up. We, we got a C team and you know, kind of flip that program around. And I think it's just, you know, that installing some good basic principles. Um, and our numbers have grown at Cascade. You know, when I first got there, the, the turnout numbers, I think we had, you know, right in the 40s, 45 kids turning out. And, you know, it just grows from there. And, yeah, what the program is about, uh, working with a couple other really good coaches that kind of bought into my philosophy and, how we want to run things, and I think we're starting to see it slowly turning. We, we're really young. We've been young for these first couple of years. Um, there wasn't a lot of, as you said, there wasn't a lot of dreams and things that were kind of sticking around the program. Um, and now I think we've kind of turned that corner. Unfortunately, you know, we got this COVID to deal with this year and missing out on a full season, but we're just happy to be at the gym uh, working out again and getting this little mini season going. Well, there you go. Yeah. Before we let you go here, and we're still having a rough time with the phone connection, unfortunately, tonight, but let's try to maybe get a few names in, too. Give us some of the sure. names of your key players that are contributing right now. Yeah, so as I just mentioned, we're, we're really young. Uh, I've got a, about a 6'3 six, six, kid, Devin Gilbert. He played last year as a freshman uh, and really came on strong the last half of the season. And that's a tough ask for a freshman to come up and play varsity basketball, especially in that, that 4A part of the Wesco League. Um, was it was a pretty good challenge, but he answered the call for that. Uh, so he's a sophomore back for us, giving us good minutes on the inside. Um, we've got some other sophomores as well. Uh, Charlie Nelson uh, actually had a pretty good game against Meadowdale, our first game of the season. Um, ended up with like 20 points in that one. Uh, he's another sophomore that we've got. Um, Makai Bloomfield uh, just joined uh, the school this year, and so he's a brand-new face, but he's only a sophomore. Um, but we do have a couple of seniors. Uh, that are kind of our leadership. They've been in the program these last couple of years. They kind of know what I'm about, what the program's about. Um, Emilio Cubilia, um, guard, but he is just, he's kind of our glue guy. He's just our leader. And I think he's got to have those guys in the program uh, to kind of send that message to that younger group. Um, and then I'd wrap it up with, you know, I've got two freshmen on the varsity team uh, this year. Um, Mohamed Zatai, he's about 6'3", little thin, maybe he's six four, a little lightweight as a freshman, but boy, if he keeps after it, he could be a player down the road. Um, and then our other freshman is uh, Aiden Copra, who's just kind of this 
he's kind of a bigger body guard, and once his skill set catches up to his body type, uh, yeah, he's going to be another kind of force if he sticks with it. Excellent. And your phone sounds better right now, by the way, so we'll keep you on here for another moment or two. Uh, talk about your coaching staff a little bit. I know you've got a, one or two yeah. guys that returned from before, and, uh, and tell us a little bit about what, what they're up to. Sure, yeah. So one person uh, that's still our JV coach, uh, Chris Gordon, he actually helped me out a lot with this transition. He was there uh, when Coach Mack um, is, is the coach that I took over for. Um, and so he kind of saw what group was at Cascade before I got there, and he kind of filled me in on some backstories and, you know, and a few things to help me kind of adjust and get a vision of seeing where we could go with this. And he's been on board. I mean, I, you won't even know that a spitting image of me as far as philosophy and what we're trying to teach uh, these young athletes. And, and so we've been on the same page from day one, which is tremendous. Uh, and then we just added uh, Will Turner. Uh, we hired him as uh, a new C team coach this year. and He's been great so far. He's got a lot of coaching experience. He's been in and out of coaching. But uh, he did uh, quite a bit over at Mariner High School in these past few years. Um, so he brings uh, some some, you know, like I said, he's been in the game quite a bit, and some knowledge around the league and stuff. And finally, what what is the uh, the ultimate goal for the team this year? Obviously, there there isn't a playoff, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's a team that won five games combined over the last two years. Are you are you evaluating this team based on wins and losses this year? Is it just a matter of seeing improvement in their game? Is it a matter of keeping spirits up and having a good time playing basketball and and taking it not taking it for granted? Based on what we're going through, what what ultimately do you want to see from this team over the next month or so? Yeah, I kind of look at it as well in two parts. One part for our seniors, I'm just so glad that they got an opportunity to play this year. I mean, we, we left last season and we had some momentum going into last season, and we lost out on last year's summer program and our fall program, and you know, didn't have any winter basketball. So I'm just so glad that our seniors are getting a chance to play and get some minutes out there before before they graduate high school. With regards to what I'm looking for, uh, you know, I'm looking at it as it's just kind of an extended summer program for us. You know, it's it's we're, we are right as the season ends, we're going to roll right into our summer stuff. And it's like a summer league kind of setting uh, where I want to play a bunch of guys, get my rotations out there pretty quick, um, play a lot of the younger guys, get them a little taste of what varsity basketball is. Uh, you know, so they can kind of see where they have to grow. You know, what areas do I have to get better at so that I can compete at a varsity level? Like I said, we're pretty young in that. It sounds like the future is bright. Well, again, Coach Tennyson, thank you very much for coming on, and I promise you we won't wait another three years to get you on here. Uh, great job with the victory over Meadowdale last week. You I, one and one on the season. Very tough game against Mariner coming up on Wednesday night, and then you've got Linwood, Kamiak, Shorewood coming down the pipe here, uh, Pike, and then a few other games. So uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on you guys as well, and uh, best wishes to the Bruins this season. Okay, thank you, Steve. Appreciate your time. Thank you. So again, Shane Sten Shane Stennison, the head coach for the Cascade Bruins boys basketball team, off to a nice start this season, and uh, it sounds like a lot of youth on that team right now, and uh, a team that's in, I guess you could say it's a rebuild team, but also a team that... Uh, has some very promising uh, prospects for their future. So again, a full show tonight. It's come to an end already. Covered multiple sports from multiple seasons. Had some great conversations. So we appreciate everybody for listening tonight. Prep Sports Weekly was brought to you by Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett, and Stanwood. By Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed. By Glass by Lund. 
the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Screen Printing Northwest, and the Hometown Handyman. Hey, Steve, who do we have on tonight? I am so glad you asked, Brandon. Let's go ahead and go uh, over this one more time here. On the show tonight, we had Chris Erickson, the head swimming coach for Kamiak High School for the boys and the girls. We then heard from Ryland Spencer. And oh, by the way, Ryland did send me a text. I don't mean to ruin it for anybody. If you recorded the Boston-Washington game, I apologize, but I doubt you did. Boston Bruins winning in overtime. So Ryland not only being on the show tonight, he also uh, watching TV, and he's a happy man right now, his team getting the victory. So Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps, Jay Nath from Mount Lake Terrace High School, and Makai Williams from Snohomish High School. They both played in the Cleats versus Cancer game over the weekend. And then Shane Stennison, the head basketball coach for the Cascade boys basketball team. So that's our show tonight. Uh, we look to do it again next Monday, same time, same place. We will see you then. We'll talk a little bit more winter sports and who knows, maybe something else along the way right here on KRKO. Have a great week. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now. More of Everett's greatest hits. K-I-K-O.
Steve Miller Band, Jet Airliner, 